0: Well, well, well. Good morning. It's great to see you guys here today. My name is Chad. If I haven't met you yet, grateful to uh, get to know you a little bit. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And uh, you found us in the last week of a series in Hebrews 11 that we're calling Broken Mirrors. And the main idea, the big idea of this series that we've been exploring is that broken people reflect a perfect God. And so we've been looking at some of the lesser known people of Hebrews 11 that you may not have heard about and kind of looking at each of their stories. And throughout this series, we've also been incorporating uh, some of our core values here at LifePoint. So every week, we've been looking at a different core value. If you don't know what a core value is, that's okay. Uh, uh, tell you a little bit about what I think a core value is. A core value is a belief uh, or an attitude or maybe an action that we embrace as uh, followers of Jesus that help us draw life from God and point others to Him. So it's a, a belief an attitude or an action that help us uh, draw life from God and point others to Him. So we talk about our core values. We're not talking about necessarily um, uh, institutionally, but more really in our, our everyday lives as individuals who make up the body of Christ in the church, make up Life Point Church. We embrace these core values to live out in our everyday lives. So today we're going to look at the core value of spiritual intimacy, spiritual intimacy intimacy. But if you're our guest here today, we're, we're really grateful that you've taken the time to join us. We'd invite you to take out your smartphone, scan that QR code uh, on the chair in front of you, or you can go to lpguest.com. It takes you to the same place. A couple of reasons we ask you to go there. First of all, we'd love for you to get to know us better, and lpguest.com is a great place to be able to do that. You'll find information about upcoming events, uh, even talk about next steps like baptism, but there's also message notes there, That you can follow along with during today's message and i've got today uh, in particular a link to some resources i'm going to talk about in the message and i would really love you to have uh, a link to those resources today but also we'd ask you to go there so that we can get to know you better we'd love to connect with you if you take less than a minute fill out a guest info card for us we would love to make a five dollar donation in your honor to one of five local, or six local ministries that we already partner with. Just a way to, for you to do something kind uh, by letting us know that you were here today. Well, in March of 2011, I checked off one of my bucket list items uh, for my life, and I completed a full marathon. Full marathon. If you don't know what a full marathon is, it's 26, 26.2 miles of pain. That's what it is. It's... Uh, um i uh trained for many months the problem was i i trained uh, for a long time and done a couple of half marathons along the way and i'd kind of done too much and got injured and so i didn't get to do my full training plan so i was coming into this race i actually contacted the administrators of the race and said hey can i just do the half marathon i think i could complete that and they're like no it's too late to switch and so i was like well told my wife it was actually our anniversary our first anniversary the day i ran this race i've learned many things uh, since then but it was our first anniversary uh decided to run this race uh, she's a patient woman and um and so i ran it and i told her look i'm just gonna run until i can't run anymore and then i'll call you and uh, maybe you can just come pick me up uh, happy anniversary honey um, and she said okay sounds good And so I got to mile 18 and was actually feeling really good, but something happened between mile 18 and mile 20. I think it's what they call hitting the wall, which I think means your legs just don't work anymore. I think that's what it means. And so I kind of hobbled my way uh, through those miles and I actually finished. I made it to the end of, oh. (laughs) Thank you so much, I appreciate it. I've only done one marathon. That's the one and only marathon I've ever done Uh, because it was so painful but as i was getting close to the finish line i had some friends uh, that were up in the stands they had kind of bleachers where people could sit to watch the finish line some people from our church had come and they'd they'd done a half marathon and so they had kind of waited around for a few of us to finish who were doing the full and then a buddy of mine that i'd trained with and and my wife uh, we're all there and so as i was coming to the finish line they were all there and they were cheering for me like people do you know i was uh, really really excited about cro- crossing this off my bucket list and so i thought you know what i'm gonna raise a fist and kind of fist bump to my you know support group up there and no lie as soon as i got my fist in the air to celebrate there was announcement over the loudspeaker at the finish line and this is what it said Please welcome to the finish line, 84-year-old Milton Johnson. (laughs) So needless to say, I lowered my fist, a celebratory fist bump, and about 50 yards ahead of me was 84-year-old, a man 54 years older than me at the time, crossing the finish line before me and that's why I never did another marathon <laughs> in my entire life. Uh, but I'll tell you, I did recover from that moment. It took a while. It took longer than it probably should have. But I did recover from that moment. And I, thankfully, I'm not known as someone who loses marathons to 84-year-old men, thankfully. But all of us, all of us are known for something. All of us are leaving some kind of legacy. We're going to be known for something when we leave this earth. The question is, what do you want to be known for? What do you want people to know you for? What do you want your life to be about? We think about people through human history who've, who've left a legacy. Think about Abraham Lincoln. He's known for wearing that stovepipe hat and the, the, the beard and uh, led our country through the Civil War and, and uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. He's known for some things um, in his we think about Martin Luther King Jr. just celebrating MLK Day last month. We think about him being known for his work in civil rights and also his I Have a Dream speech. We think about people like LeBron James who are known as being the second greatest basketball player to ever play the game behind Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, it's debatable. It's debatable, right? Um, but people are known for things in their life. And it's the same for us. We might not be famous people in human history, but people are going to know us. When they stand up at our funeral and talk about us, there's going to be a theme to our life. And my question is for us, what do you want to be known for? What's the thing or things that you want to be known for? What legacy do you want to leave? Well, we're going to look at a man today named Enoch who left a legacy, and he was known as someone who walked with God. He was someone who had The core value of spiritual intimacy. And let's look at what the Bible says about him here in Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5 verses 21 through 24, here's what it says. And when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God. Took him so a couple observations about Enoch here. He lived to be 365 years old. Can you imagine the back pain at 365 years old? Not only that, he fathered children into his 360s. I can't imagine that. I'm I'm 43 years old and raising children. I can't imagine what it's like raising kids in your 300s. And yet that's what that's what he did. But he lived actually pretty short for his contemporaries. Most of the people in his Day we're living to up around 1,000 years old. So he lived a relatively short life at 365. But we also see what the Bible says about him here in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Six verses. Six verses is what we have about the life of Enoch. And yet, in those six verses, we see maybe a little bit written about a a very big, big man. Uh, We we have small statements, but a a big impact that he left. He was one who was known as as who, who walked with God. And so if we want that to be our legacy, maybe we want to leave that kind of thing behind, that we walked with God. We had a genuine relationship with God, we need to do what Enoch did. There's two attributes we need to embrace from his life in order to leave a legacy like him. The first one is we need to value intimacy before activity. You're gonna leave that kind of legacy, you have to value intimacy before activity. Uh, Vance Pittman, who's a, uh, been a church planter in Las Vegas for 20 years, Lord's used him to plant many churches out of their church. He actually helps lead our network of churches now and the church planting side. Vance has uh, uh, said this before. He said, God's primary call on my life and your life as Christians is not activity, but intimacy. God's primary ac- call on our lives is not activity, but it's actually intimacy. I love how, how Keller puts it. Keller says that Christianity is the good news about what Jesus has done for us. It's, it's primarily news about what's been done for you. In other words, uh, it's not about you and what you have to do primarily, but it's about Jesus and what he has done. Now, I think this is an important shift for us because when many of us think about our relationship with God, we immediately jump to activity. Okay, God, what is it that, that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to accomplish? What are the steps that I need to take? So I think it's important for us to look at the life of Enoch and see that he valued intimacy with God before activity for God. Enoch was part of a, a couple of elite clubs. He was a, a part of a, a club, of uh, the Never Died Club. He and Elijah are the only people that we know of who never died. Um, I wonder how awkward it was for him, though, when he got to, to heaven to be with God, and Elijah comes up to heaven some years later after Enoch, and they're telling stories about how they we're taken up to heaven. I can imagine uh, that there are people wanting to hear, t- Elijah, tell us the story, Elijah, about how God brought you to heaven. So Elijah starts to tell the story. Well, there I am in the wilderness. And all of a sudden I hear this loud noise and this loud rushing wind. And I see this, this fire coming down from heaven. And as it gets closer, I see that it's the chariots of God and they're in inflamed and they're being Led by two horses, and I'm whisked away all of a sudden and taken to glory. And They look over at Enoch and go, "Well, tell us your story about never dying, Enoch. What 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 happened with you?" He says, "Why? Well, there I was walking with God, and then then I was here. <laughs> what? What? No, no chariots, Enoch? No, no chariots." Was there was there fire? Was there like flames and loud? No, no, no fire. How about horses? Did you ride a horse to heaven? No, no, it's some kind of mixture of teleportation and like evaporation. I don't know. I just, I was there and then I was here. <laughs> he's one of two people who never, never die. But he's also part of another kind of elite group of people uh, or or Lesser known group of people that that walked with God. There's only three people in the Bible who are described as walked with God Noah, Levi, and then Enoch walked with God. So he's known for having this relationship with God. So, what does it mean to walk with God? We use that term maybe sometimes in modern language about walking with God to describe our relationship with God. I think that's right. Like, how is your walk with God? But I think there's some terms that are helpful for us to think about what it meant for for Enoch. I think, first of all, there was a uniqueness about his relationship with God. He had a unique relationship with God, one of three people in the Bible who are known as having walked with God. And this is interesting because he lived in a time where there was increasing wickedness on the earth, and yet he chose to walk with God. He was definitely unique for his time. Listen to what Genesis chapter 6 says about the times he lived in. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So this is the environment in which Enoch walked with God. He walked with God amongst increasing wickedness on the earth. And I think the more and more that people walk with God, the more unique those people Become. I think in our times, in our era in which we live, more and more people are becoming a part of the, one of the fastest growing religious groups in our country, which is no religious affiliation. Um, and so the more and more that we walk with God, the more that it's going to be unique in our, in our times, in our era. We live in an era of skepticism, and to embrace faith is going to be less and less popular. To walk with God means that there is a uniqueness about our relationship. But there's also a closeness that comes with walking with God. Enoch seemed to have this relationship with God that was very, very close, very uh, familiar. There was, a, there was a proximity with someone that you're walking with. They're, they're right next to you. And so there's, there's a closeness, a familiarity. Uh, there's things that they know about you, and there's things you know about them. And so he, he had this closeness with God. And how did he get that? How did he get that closeness with God? Well, he did it through consistency. The Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God for decades, if not centuries. And through that consistency of walking with God over time, he began to develop a close and unique relationship with God. I'm convinced consistency is is one of the keys to walking with God. I I love it because Enoch did not have a perfect relationship with God, but he did have a consistent one. We're talking about this series, Broken Mirrors, right? Broken people who reflect a perfect God. So we're not going to do it perfectly. We're not going to walk with God perfectly, but you can do it consistently. You can absolutely do it consistently. And that's encouraging to me, right? Because we don't get it right all the time. We're human, But I've learned the power of showing up over time. And I think this is what Enoch's life tells us. He just showed up over time. He did what Eugene Peterson said. Eugene Peterson, describing the Christian life, said it's a long uh, walk in the same direction. It's a long obedience in the same direction. And over time, as he showed up in his relationship with God, over time, God began to develop this closeness and this uniqueness so that he left a legacy as having walked with God. And so we have that same opportunity to, to build in this consistency of showing up over time. Talked about a marathon. You've got to put in the training. You've got to do months of preparation. You've got to do the short runs and the long runs to be able to get there so that on race day, you're ready to go. It's the same thing. You've, we've got to show up and put in, put in the time so that that consistency builds through our relationship. With God, If you want to have a better marriage, you, you've got to show up to that marriage consistently. If you want to be a better parent, you've got to show up in your parenting consistently. If you want to be a better friend, a better employee, it takes that showing up over time. There's a lot of power in doing that. It's one of the reasons why we value membership here at LifePoint, encourage people to walk through that membership process. Because we think there's something really powerful about people saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up here on Sunday in a consistent way. Because I believe that consistency, God's using that to develop my life. That, that showing up to a life group, to another group of people in community and, and connecting with them and connecting with each other through the scripture, that God uses that every time. That community that I'm uh, a part of, God uses that consistency over time. That serving consistently does something in me, it produces something in me, it yields some fruit in my life. The way that we give of our resources and our talents Um, God uses all that consistency, showing up over time to build something into our lives. That's a relationship with God that leaves a legacy. So uniqueness, closeness, consistency. Enoch had all of those because he valued intimacy before activity. But if you want a relationship with God that leaves a legacy, you don't just have to Value intimacy before activity. You also have to embrace another principle, and that's you practice activity out of intimacy. We have to practice activity out of intimacy. I told you, Vance Pittman earlier had a, had a quote. He said, God's primary call on, on the life of a Christian is not activity, but it's intimacy. But he goes on to say that out of that intimacy with God, out of that close relationship with God, then we step into some activity. Because this term, walk with God, brings with it this idea of movement, doesn't it? It brings this idea of action. So we're not, we're not saying that we don't do things for God, absolutely. But we got to make sure that we keep those in priority. When Jesus called the 12 disciples to him, he said, the Bible says that he called them to him so that they might be with him and he might send them out to do his work. So God didn't just call them to him so that they could do the work. No, he called them to himself to be with him. And through being with him, then they move out to do things for him. We have other language that we use with this. We talk about um, being in relationship with God means we act from his acceptance, not for his acceptance. We, we don't do things for God so that he'll accept us. No, God has accepted us in Christ if you know him. And that's the the intimate relationship that we move out from and do these certain activities. Another way to say it is proximity to God leads to activity for God. The greater our proximity is to God, the more fruit that bears in our life, the more things that God begins to do out of our relationship with Him. We value and practice activity out of intimacy. So you might say, okay, walking with God, that sounds great. I love that idea. How do I do that? I want to answer that question for us to try to you know, give you some next steps today. If you've been walking with God for 40 years, I'd love to help you take a next step. If you have been walking with God for 40 minutes, uh, I want to help you take um, a next step. So I've got, we've got some resources. There's a resource link for you in the app notes. So if you're following along in the app in the message notes, there's a link there that you can click. It's going to take you to some resources I'm going to mention here in a minute. If you're on lpguest.com, following in the message notes, there's a resource link for you there. We'd love for you to click that so that you can see these different tools that will help you. One, one of these tools is about spiritual disciplines. So there's a couple of books I want to uh, recommend to you. One is called, wait for it, Spiritual Disciplines, okay? <laughs> C- re- really creative title by Donald Whitney, It's a great book um, on on how to get started with walking with God. Through through the ages, through the centuries, uh, Christians have used disciplines to walk with God. Another great book on spiritual disciplines is Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. And there there are many others, but those are a couple that I'd recommend to you if you want to know more about that. And just talking about disciplines, I know a little bit, man, it feels a little bit cringy when we talk about disciplines because it's like, oh, my goodness. Um, I, I'm not a very disciplined person. And I, I used to think that about myself. But then I started looking at my life, and I found out that I'm an extremely disciplined individual. That on pizza night, I'm extremely disciplined to eat at least five slices of pizza. Very disciplined. It happens every time. It's like there's something about pizza that I just can't stop. I have no off switch with pizza. I'm very disciplined about the two hours of streaming that I do every evening from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. I'm very disciplined. In fact, I'm very disciplined also to get my children in bed before 8 o'clock so that I can enable the two hours of streaming that happens from 8 to 10 o'clock. I'm very disciplined. I'm very regimented about it. I do it every day, right? So I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm not a very disciplined person. But no, we've built in a lot of disciplines into our life. And I'd love to tell you, oh, walking with God, it's easy. It's not easy, it does take some disciplines. But it's actually pretty simple, I think, how you begin to do it. I want to help you with that. Um, one of the best ways, I think, to, to get started in kind of walking with God is through devotionals. Um, the vo- Devotionals are typically books that you can buy that are based on a passage of Scripture. They've got a little bit of uh, a, a devotional thought, a commentary, if you will, and, and sometimes prayer involved. And you can read those. And they're, they're very little time commitment. They help you get started. And so for you, maybe that's a ble- great place to start. Um, the, there's one called The Songs of Jesus by Tim Keller. I love that one. It's based on the Psalms. Uh, Daniel Henderson has a book. All this is in that resource link, by the way. Uh, Daniel Henderson has a book called Praying the Psalms, it's all 150 psalms, a devotional thought, and then a whole page of like prayer prompts to kind of guide you in how to pray through the scriptures. It's It's excellent. Uh, our lead pastor has written a couple of books that are super helpful to you. I've got one here called Just Thinking that he wrote with two other men in our church, and I actually have a copy here that I would love to give to someone if you want to find me after the service. If you want to get started, uh, this is a copy for you. Um, uh, He also wrote a book called Your Next 30 Days. It kind of helps people who are new in their relationship with Jesus get started. If that's you today, if you're kind of new in this relationship with Christ, we have actually one of those. We'd love to give you a free copy. It's back in our Next Steps area as you exit out here to my left. We would love to give you a copy of that. These are just resources that will help you take a step in your relationship with God. We've also got some resources that our team has curated for you personally. If you go into the Ohio app, Dead Center, as you open the app, it says devos and drive casts. We have a writing team that writes daily devotionals for our church. And in fact, starting not tomorrow, but next Monday, the 12th, February 12th, we're starting this new devotional series through Lent. And our staff team has contributed across all six campuses to that material. And so if you want to start something right now to kind of help you in your walk with God, that's a great place to go. The Drivecast is a five to seven minute um, uh, devotional from our teaching pastors across all six campuses that you can listen to. Um, It's a great resource as well. So as I'm talking about all this, talking about all these things you can do, devotional, some of you are going, man, that sounds really great, but you feel like you're drowning in activity right now. And so adding one more thing to, to your list of to-dos feels like what Jim Gaffigan said when they asked him, Jim, what's it like having five children? He said, it's like you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. <laughs> Some of you feel like this morning, you know what, you're drowning in activity and I'm trying to hand you spiritual intimacy, right? And you're like, I can't take it, I can't take any more. Well, I want to help you with that, Okay couple of principles that have been super helpful for me. Wayne Cordero said this years ago. I, I read that's been super helpful to me. It applies to all sorts of things, but Wayne Cordero encourages us to start small, but start now. Start small, but start now. Some of us are tempted. We're going to run out of here. We're going to be like, an hour a morning, every morning, an hour, I'm going to do Bible reading and a prayer, and by Tuesday, it's going to go off the rails, right? So don't do that, right? Start small but start now. What's one step you can take? Another principle that's kind of similar to it is think alignment over addition. Think alignment over addition. Uh, alignment means, you know, let's not add, any, I'm not trying to add anything to your life, but I want you to do what James Clear talks about and do habit stacking. Take something you're already doing in your life and stack something on top of, t- stack a spiritual discipline on top of it so that you can do it at the same, same time. Another term for this is multitasking. Any multitaskers out there? Yeah, anybody hate raising your hand in church? Anybody? Okay. I, lo- I love multitasking. Now, I'm afraid what you're hearing is that I'm good at multitasking. I'm not always good at multitasking, but I do love it. I got an example for you of when I tried to multitask here. Um, there's a lot going on in this, in this picture. Um, so first of all, we've got a human here. Okay, So I'm entertaining a human. All right? That's one thing that I'm, I'm trying to do. Uh, number two, I'm walking the dogs. So that's a, good, that's a good practice, right? Get some dog walking in. And then I'm also exercising right? Or trying to exercise. So three things going on here. I think if you'll look closely, there's probably a device here where I'm listening to an audiobook book or, uh, or something like that. That's a really bad four. Okay. Uh, that's an audio book or probably a podcast or maybe scripture. And then number five, I don't know if you can see, but this, someone's taking a picture from the car. That's mama. Okay. So mama is getting kid-free, husband-free, dog-free time, right? All mamas need that, don't they? And so five things at once, right? Now, uh, I just want you to know, no humans or dogs were harmed in the uh, activity here. Everything went fine. It was probably not the wisest thing, right? But I I love multitasking. I love doing two things at once. And I want to encourage you as you maybe take a step in your 40-year walk with Jesus or you're new to this idea of spiritual disciplines, take one step. What's one thing you can do? How can you stack a spiritual discipline on something you're already doing? I mentioned the Drivecast earlier. It's five to seven minutes. You can listen to it on your commute. I started a Bible reading plan this year through the Bible app. If you're not using that, it's a great resource. And, and it's a through the Bible in a year plan. And I listen to it. I, I'm an auditory learner, so I love audiobooks books. And um, I love listening to the Bible. So most of my engagement with the Bible is not reading. It's listening. And so I do that when I'm either folding laundry or exercising or... Uh, on my commute or in the warmer months, on the lawnmower, right? Um, so there's, there's a lot of ways that you can stack. So, what, so I want you to think about what's one thing this week that you're already going to do that you can stack a discipline onto it. Maybe it's Bible reading. Maybe it's prayer that you can just stack onto something that you are already going to do anyway. Think alignment, not addition, all right? It's also something I want to encourage you about some of us we think we think about spiritual disciplines we think oh, it has to happen in the morning or it has to happen at a specific time it has to be the structured time with God and I, I think that's really great but I, I think there's also unstructured moments in our life that that's kind of what walking with God means it, it kind of means experiencing God all throughout our day and all throughout our week and kind of as we're going we're just walking with God. So I want to encourage you to not miss the unstructured moments to connect with God. It's what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians when he said, pray without ceasing. That God just doesn't exist in the span of our devotional time. No, God exists all the time. And so we can bring our relationship with him into everyday parts of our life. I'll give you an example that I experienced recently. Uh, around the first of the year, I, we were wrapping up our Two hours of streaming, kid free streaming time at night. And I was headed up the stairs. I just became a little bit overwhelmed in that moment about the state of the world and all the conflict that's going on and all the despair and, and hopelessness. I was thinking about some people that I knew personally that I was sad about what was going on in their life. I was thinking about my own life and just things I'm frustrated about, things that are taking longer than they should. And I was just very sad. And so I was walking up the stairs and I voiced, I don't know if you can call it a prayer. I think it was a prayer, but it was mostly a complaint. And I just threw it up to God. I said, God, some hope you're offering the world right now. Not my best moment with God, right? But, But he can take that, right? He can take that. And I just, that's how I was feeling. And so I just voiced it to God. God, some hope you're providing the world right now. And as I got to the top of the stairs, uh, my daughter cried out. I don't know if she was having a bad dream or something was happening, but she cried out in her room. So I walked up the stairs, and her room is kind of right off the top of the stairs. So I walked right into her bedroom after I just kind of voiced this prayer with God. And I I rushed in there, and I put my hand on her back, and and I started to rub her back. I said, hey, 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 it's okay. It's okay, honey. You're okay. Daddy's right here with you. It's okay. Daddy's right here with you. It's okay. And listen, God's never spoken to me audibly. I've never heard the voice of God directly. But in that moment, I felt the Spirit of God impress upon me these words. He said, are you a better father than me? And listen, when I say it like that, it sounds harsh. It was not harsh at all. It was kind and quiet, and gentle, and God was saying, listen, are you a better father than me? You're not a better father than me. Look, I'm right here with you. I love you. Daddy's here. Daddy's right here, and in that moment, God, man, the the Spirit of God ministered to my broken, broken heart, And I think there's moments like that for us that should you have a structured time with the Lord? I I think, again, that consistency over time, that's gonna bear fruit, absolutely. But don't forget that God is your Father who's with you all along the way. I think part of what Enoch experienced with God was walking with God throughout his day. And those moments are there if we would lean into them, I think. I think it's what Hebrews eleven six tells us. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I think I experienced that, right? Like I felt like God rewarded me for kind of throwing up that lame complaint. Like God met me in that moment. He didn't rebuke me harshly. He was just so kind but God was like, hey, I see you seeking me in this moment and I'm rewarding you for that. I love that language because any investment in our walk with God is rewarding. You can just mark it down. Any investment you make in your walk with God, it's gonna be rewarding. You're gonna yield fruit from that. And I love that idea because it just paints this picture that God's not out to get you. He's not hiding from you. No, he wants to know you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to reward you for seeking him. He's not not hiding. It's a great reminder for those of us who want to leave this kind of legacy of the kind of relationship we have with God that's unique and close and consistent. Is it perfect? No. But is it genuine? Yes. It's a genuine faith, a genuine relationship with God that we embrace by valuing intimacy before activity and practicing our activity out of our intimacy with God. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for the time to spend in your presence today and to to worship through song and then to look at the scripture and to look at a man's life like Enoch who, who walked with you. He never parted the Red Sea or did a miracle, or? But God, He walked with you, and His life left a legacy. Here we are, hundreds, thousands of years later, having a conversation about a guy that six verses of the Bible were written about. Why? Because He walked with you. So, Lord, I pray that this morning you would be birthing in in us a heart like Enoch's heart where we could walk with god we could be people who have a unique and close and consistent relationship with you not perfect but genuine god i pray that all of us this morning we would start small but start now we would think alignment over addition god you would bring some of these things to bear in our hearts so that we can take a step whether it's 40 minutes or 40 years we could all take a step in our relationship with you god would you Would you help us with that this morning? Lord, I pray for maybe somebody here this morning who doesn't have a relationship with Christ. They've never come to know Jesus personally, Lord. And if that's you this morning, we wanna invite you, your next step, your start small is to take that step to, to connect with Jesus in relationship with him. He's the rewarder of those who seek him. He wants to be found by you. He wants to know you. Just take that step right now, even as I'm talking, that all you have to do is believe that he exists and he's the rewarder of those who seek him. That's what faith is, it's just a trust. So maybe right now you can take that step. Yes, I, I wanna trust Jesus, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna walk with Jesus, that's all it takes, just take that step. Lord, I pray for all of us as we're just, all of us working through things in our hearts like all across the room, God, that you're just doing in us. Holy Spirit of God, would you, would you impress upon us what it is you want us to hear and to see and to do? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm